This is Are We Doomed, a podcast from Honolulu Civil Beat. I am your host, Claire Caulfield, here to tackle your burning environmental questions. And about a year ago, we launched this podcast with Faith Tonikawa's question about what she can do to help stop climate change. I, I can't just sit here and hope that the future is going to be better for my grandsons without me doing something. I mean, I can't talk about it and just expect for it to miraculously happen. Faith was struggling with a lot of climate anxiety. And predictably, the pandemic hasn't eased her fears that governments and corporations are ignoring scientists. In fact, I would dare to say that on that level, it's actually increased my anxiety because what I'm seeing is just a lack of response for government and and companies and just each individual to work together to create a plan on how we're going to make all this work. So today, what experts and organizers say the response to the pandemic has taught us about climate action. When the pandemic forced so much of the world to stay at home, climate researcher Victoria Keener was eager to look at carbon emission data. So as everybody shut down, regular people stopped driving, stopped commuting, stopped flying. And as that we saw that drop in greenhouse gases, as all personal use of um, you know carbon really shut down quite a bit. Daily global CO2 emissions decreased by about 17% by mid-April, which considering just how many millions of people were avoiding driving and flying, that's a pretty small drop, 17%. It showed how ineffective that really is in combating the problem of climate change as a whole. And now that many countries have reopened, carbon emissions are back up. 2020's emissions are only about 5% lower than the same time period last year. Uh, For decades, fossil fuel companies, corporations have really been pushing the personal responsibility narrative, saying, you know, that if people would just stop using so many incandescent light bulbs or just eat one less burger a week, then we could get this under control. And of course, that's only part of the story. More than 70 percent of all greenhouse gas emissions globally come from energy production. So if the electricity in your home isn't coming from clean energy, new light bulbs or appliances won't help much beyond your power bill. Um, By thinking that, you know, you can control it all by yourself instead of thinking about the systemic change that really needs to happen in the energy field, in the transportation field, in policies and regulations on carbon pricing and the economy and on jobs, you know, that we need both individual and collective national and global action to be able to address this. Victoria draws a comparison between the personal decision to wear a mask to large-scale government actions like contact tracing and providing monetary relief so as many people as possible can safely stay at home. Both personal and systematic changes need to happen to confront COVID and to confront climate change. It's obviously got to be a combination of both individual and collective action. And collective group action at the individual level makes it a lot easier for big policies and legislation to get accomplished on that national or global scale. And Victoria, like Faith, has been pretty disheartened when she sees leaders ignoring the advice of scientists. I thought maybe the pandemic would be America's chance to really show how we can respond to science and data 
and use scientific method and understand uncertainty to make better decisions. She hasn't seen that happening. But she said a bright spot might be that many more people understand the importance of science in public policy going forward. Kailua resident Lisa Martin also sees reasons for hope. When I interviewed Lisa this time last year, she was focusing on her nonprofit, Healthy Climate Communities, where she restores wetlands and educates students about ecosystem health in Hawaii. So right now schools can't have field trips, so they can't come out. So that's, you know, that's a bummer. But I started to work on a virtual field trip. In the last year, she's also decided to run for public office. And although her campaign and her nonprofit have both been disrupted by the pandemic, she's energized by the scientific community's response to COVID. The treatment response has been phenomenal. Lisa has a doctorate in public health. And before focusing on climate change, she worked on the HIV and AIDS epidemic. HIV and AIDS, we still don't have a vaccine. And all of our treatment protocols were very standard. This is this is totally different. Lisa has seen how doctors and researchers from around the world have shared data, treatment methods, successes and failures in real time. This is a response to a truly urgent threat. And so people did things differently and out of the box. Lisa is optimistic that that same energy can be applied to climate change. We already have a huge leg up because the technology for clean energy and carbon capture has been around for years. Leaders just need to start taking action. So it's, you know, it can be done. Things can be done differently and out of the box. And if that energy was put towards transitioning to renewable energy, which is what we really need to do, we we already have the technology, right? So it, it could totally happen. And for people like Faith, who are having a hard time looking beyond the failures of individual states or countries, Lisa recommends taking a deep breath and a bird's eye view. I would look beyond our government and look at the world. We've actually made some amazing strides for a disease that we didn't even know existed six months ago. Eighteen-year-old Kavika Pagram is disheartened when he sees people without masks on or politicians spreading misinformation about the virus. It's, it's a little disheartening to see. You know, I'll be honest, I've, I've had a hard time staying focused. This time last year, Kavika was busy organizing Hawaii's youth climate strike, applying to colleges and balancing the many demands of a high school senior. Now his days look a little different. I have just started my freshman year of college at American University. Um, which, you know, supposed to be in Washington, D.C., but it is now in um, my bedroom. Instead of focusing on the small minority of Hawaii residents who are against wearing masks in public, Kavika has chosen to focus on the many ways corporations, governments, and individual people have changed everything to address the threat of the virus. But the ability to see governments organize, to work together, to cooperate, to get these things done, it was insane seeing something so global happen so fast to attack such a large issue. And it made me really hopeful for the future, saying, you know, if we can do this for a pandemic, right, we can do this for for climate change. And large-scale conversations about race and broader understanding of how systematic racism affects health has helped Kavika have more nuanced conversations about climate justice. And and being able to see that progression, I think, has, has given a lot of people a lot of energy to keep fighting and keep pushing for things that may not be popular and may not be well-known now, but but will in the future, and people will wake up to a lot of the injustices around them and, and activate around that. 
Kavika, Lisa, and Victoria all say that this pandemic has really put into focus just how much power government employees, both elected and appointed, have over our daily lives. And the power of organizing, voting, and basic civic engagement hasn't changed, which is encouraging for Faith, who said she's planning a letter-writing campaign and is carving out time to talk to her nieces and nephews about the importance of voting. I've been through so much. I think it's important for us to help each other realize that there's still things we can do to make a difference. We don't have to accept what's happening. And I have to keep telling myself that every day. And when I now get to see my grandsons a couple of times a week, it just drives home that I want them to see uh, the beauty that we used to see growing up. And I can't not do something about it. And that is our episode for today. I'm going to be back in two weeks with our very last installment of Are We Doomed? So head over to civilbeat.org slash Doomed to read more and ask me your own questions about the environment in Hawaii. I am your host, Claire Caulfield, and Jessica Terrell is my editor. Funky Jams, courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions. Are We Doomed? and Other Burning Environmental Questions is a podcast from Honolulu Civil Beat. To learn more about Civil Beat and our journalism, subscribe to our free morning email newsletter by texting CIVIL, C-I-V-I-L, to 66866.